lot of things happening in the crypto world including of course a big jump in btc today there's also crypto involvement in the infrastructure bill that's been a hot subject for debate and then we got coinbase earnings right around the corner joining us jeff dorman is back chief investment officer at arca uh, jeff uh, good monday to you sir thanks for being here what's at the top of your list right now jeff as a guy who watches all these different things last time you were here you were talking DeFi and some of the non-bitcoin trends that were picking up speed now bitcoin's got a big showing they're talking about it in dc where they've actually got lobbyists in now trying to help these old folks figure out crypto so what's right now the most important story to you uh, yeah, well, great to be back. I, I think it's uh, undeniable. The only two stories that matter right now is what's happening in Washington uh, and, and ultimately what happened to Ethereum with their EIP 1559 upgrades. So both are huge stories dominating both price action as well as investor interest and, of course, the media. Uh, this is a big deal. You know, I think what's interesting is a lot of people in the digital asset world just got their first taste for what Washington uh, policy looks like. Uh, I think a lot of them maybe had no idea what goes on in Washington before this, but it's a, it's a pretty powerful rallying cry. I think one thing that the digital asset community does really well uh, is rally around issues and coordinate quickly. Uh, and you saw that with real public interest uh, ultimately reaching Washington. So if, uh, Jeff, there is uh, the original wording included for this infrastructure bill that has a pretty broad definition of a token or a crypto broker such that it extends to people who are mining, people that are operating nodes in the Bitcoin infrastructure and the blockchain that help keep things together, right? That's what the coiners translate for my audience who doesn't know this stuff. And for me too, I mean, they don't want to be interfered with unless they're actually acting as a broker, right? Well, I mean, I think that's true to some extent. Sure, I don't think anybody really wants to be interfered with. But I think the reality is regulation is coming no matter what. There's almost nobody in this space who would deny that. Um, it has been overhang on this market for years and will continue to be overhang until you actually see some, some real progress and some real laws. Uh, but, you know, investors in general hate uncertainty. We can, handle an, we can handle a bad outcome. What we can't handle very well is an uncertain outcome. So the fact that we're heading towards a little bit more certainty is what's most important here. Uh, in terms of the bill itself, I mean, look, nothing has been decided. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, even if this bill ultimately passes, and right now it looks like uh, it's having some trouble, but assuming this bill ultimately passes, it's still going to uh, uh, you know, have to go, uh, uh, go, go through the House, and then ultimately it's going to have to become a law, and then ultimately there's implementation of that law. I mean, we're looking at two, two years out before anything happens here. So I think the issue that most people in the community had was simply almost every law uh, from a financial regulation standpoint is based on a centralized intermediary. And this is an industry that is built for the most part without a lot of centralized intermediaries, which means by definition, the laws that are, exist just don't work. So mm. we're going to have to tweak a lot of the assumptions in order to build applicable laws for this space. Uh, what was put into this bill um, which, you know, for the most part was just a pay for, right? It was a throwaway that was just added into an infrastructure bill. Didn't expect to have this much opposition. Uh, it got the opposition because it just makes no, make, makes no sense. It's not implementable to try to tax certain entities uh, that otherwise couldn't really be taxed. So the uproar certainly may be from some people who think that taxation and regulation is bad. I think that's the minority. The majority of people know regulation is coming, are happy to be taxed when it makes sense, but we have to have rules and laws that are actually applicable and actually possible uh, under the framework of a new technology that does not uh, look and feel like existing uh, financial infrastructure.
Jeff, does this uh, affect the uh, potential for the wording in the original bill that uh, has been described as sweeping for uh, different types of uh, software developers, again, miners as well. Uh, does, uh, does this have a bigger negative effect on certain parts of the crypto market, certain tokens, certain types? I mean, again, last time we were talking about a bit of a different section of this, which is the burgeoning uh, DeFi space. I mean, is this broadly negative for crypto and token holders overall? Or are there certain areas, certain particular asset classes that, are, that would be most affected? Sure. Well, I think there's a couple things there, right? The fir first of it is the larger exchanges or, or quote unquote, you know, uh, uh, broker dealers, right? The Coinbase's, the Kraken's, the Binance's, the FTX. I mean, they're built with the necessary reporting requirements to be able to handle anything that comes from the IRS. This is not a big blow to them in the sense that they have been preparing for this. They have the, the, the means, they have the resources, they have the legal and compliance infrastructure to do so. Where it's really going to hamper is, uh, you know, a small miner or um, you know, a, a faceless protocol that doesn't have all that, right? So it's not that this is going to be sweeping. It's that it, it unilaterally and disproportionately affects smaller players, uh, uh, at, you know, whereas the larger players can handle it. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the overall market, I think there's one thing we've learned about digital assets for years now, which is its resiliency, right? You can shut off an entire part of the world like China and everything goes on fine. You can shut out uh, an entire exchange like BitMEX a few years ago and everything moves on fine. There are perfect substitutes in this market. There are perfect substitutes for every exchange. There are perfect substitutes for every stablecoin. There are perfect substitutes and a lot of times for specific assets. So I don't think there's going to be anything that really disrupts the market uh, other than some headline risk for a short period of time. Okay. Uh, now, Jeff, as far as Coinbase goes, obviously the first uh, publicly traded institutional version of the uh, crypto brokerage in just the world here from the trading standpoint. We've got a report tomorrow after the shares have just really been punished since their debut. However, uh, with Bitcoin number going up, is that a nice tailwind into this report? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a tailwind, right? There's certainly a higher correlation uh, with Bitcoin simply because as Bitcoin's price goes up, so do volumes, and as volumes go up, so do Coinbase's revenues. Uh, but more importantly, I think um, you know, Coinbase has some damage control to do. The, the irony here is that what Coinbase screwed up is that they didn't issue a token. Um, and I say that because look what Coinbase has to do from an investor standpoint. They have to somehow get their 60 million customers to be excited about their stock. Well, they quite frankly aren't. They don't care about the stock. Make the institutions about uh, what's happening there at Coinbase, and, and they didn't do that because they chose a direct listing uh, over doing an IPO. So they didn't do a roadshow. They didn't do all the normal things that you would do to attract a Wall Street audience. So basically, they have no investor base right now. They have to do some real damage control on the call here. The first quarter call, they barely even took any Q and A, and the first question was, of course, about Dogecoin, not anything related to the business. So I think they need to spend a lot of time on the earnings call here. I think they need to cater both to their customers as well as to institutional investors to show that this is a powerhouse company. I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, the stock looks very uh, similar to what happened to Facebook in 2011, right? Facebook had the botched IPO, it came at $40, it traded down to 20 almost immediately, and it stayed there for three to six months. Um, all the Wall Street analysts didn't know how to cover Facebook. You had the wrong sector analysts and the wrong industry coverage people covering it. They all thought the business model was dead and there was no way they were gonna grow. And over the course of the next 11 years, you know, Facebook went up 15X. I think Coinbase has that same potential here. Their revenues are strong. They're, we're looking at $8 billion of revenues for 2021, which puts you at about 
uh, just under seven times sales, which is way cheaper than uh, you know recent IPOs of similar type companies, as well as private companies like FTX that just came at uh, $18 billion uh, valuation with uh, you know about 10x less sales. So fundamentally, the company is totally fine. They just need to uh, do some damage control and build that reputation with investors. Okay, all right, uh, interesting. Uh take a uh, interesting Facebook comparison, uh, Jeff. I like that. All right. So uh, we'll see earnings uh, coming up tomorrow. Thanks for the walkthrough here on help us translate some of this news flow in the crypto land. Appreciate it, Mr. Dorman. Thanks for having me. Good talking to you. You got it. Jeff is the chief investment officer at ARCA.